Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Hello, Bailey. Hi, Dad. Happy Sunday to you. Happy Sunday to you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm, you know, I would say above average, actually, because I'm, I'm making banana bread right now. Ooh, uh, Sunday banana bread. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. The oven is preheating. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you expecting a long preheating period or are you going to throw it in during our call? Well, I figured I'd throw it in during our call, especially now that the camera doesn't work. I can do that. It'll be pretty easy. I see. Well, I'm just sad that I can't see your face today. It's making me, um, you know, a little bit depressed. Weepy. Yeah, he's crying right now. I, I know you at home listening to this, our millions of fans can probably see his tears. Um, yeah, all all of them can't see my tears because it's an audio podcast. But, you know. Yeah, but. Um, I, I do enjoy your new audio equipment. That's uh it's yeah thank you thank you for sending me the interface i think that and and for letting me take this microphone (laughs) merry christmas Um, thank you it sounds tremendously better actually Mm -hmm. um well then it's a gift to you and me so we have upgraded sound we should probably upgrade the intro because it sounds like you know somebody's um driving away with a chainsaw while we're sure. talking. Well, then I will, I will work on that later then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so obviously you can probably hear the difference. I am on a different mic. Dad is on his fancy mic as well. Um, yeah. We've done a few improvements. Yes. In the studio. Yeah. It's because we were all the way up to like six consistent listeners. That we yeah, and that something. just, <laughs> even though that has brought us in zero money, it just, you know. I mean, it's brought in all kinds of, you know, inner inner joy. Joy, I yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel the joy. I don't know oh. if you do. Yeah. You know what that means? The oven just preheated with that joy. I see. I, I wow. actually feel the inner joy due to um, it being Christmas season and us having some joyous decorations around. You are like a Christmas fiend look over here see this on top of the bookshelf Mm -hmm. sarah bought this like old red truck model thing with a christmas tree in the bed of it and then the topper on the tree is also a little red truck with a tree in its bed which i think (laughs) it's some doctor who or not doctor who um dr seuss yeah dr seuss shit yeah yeah so that that's pretty cool i um um, we, we also have a, a, a fairly serious, uh, issue with multiplying gnomes here in the house. Um, so that, yeah, that's you got to cool. get a hold of that before they run away with you. Yeah. And, and then, um, the, the nutcrackers are randomly spread around the studio as well. <laughs> so that's nice. Um, <laughs> actually, um, this week was pretty crazy we had like our um you know my day job christmas party yeah saint elmo's Uh, you told me yeah we went to saint elmo's and um some of our um co-workers from um kansas came in for it and um it was it was a nice time 
And then uh, a few of them were st stuck around Thursday night and joined the crowd at the open stage at Books and Brews. And so that was fun. And, That's really nice of them. Yeah. Uh, wait, so they flew in from Kansas City for this? No, they drove in from Kansas City because there's no direct flights right now. Because Wow. Um, and so since there's no direct flights, it's like 10 to 12 hours to get here from Kansas City. Or you can just drive seven hours and be here. <laughs> That's okay. So it's insane to me to think um, that someone would would take that drive as opposed to um, doing the what I think is sensible thing and maybe just skipping out on the St. Elmo's dinner for the well, office. I mean, they were they were our they were our leaders, so they they wanted to be that it was that was kind of like they wanted to visit us in in, in our Indianapolis office anyway. And so that we scheduled the Christmas party around them coming. So, oh, okay. So, so they kind of had to come, is what you're saying? Well, it was kind of their thing. They were they were doing it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, they they came in and um, they they drove in and or they carpooled actually. Oh well, so, I mean, I guess that's better than uh, better all than flying separately. For sure. Yeah. Did they get like um, how many of them came? I guess is my question. Four. Yeah. Four? Okay. Yeah. That's a that's a car load. All right. Yeah. And um so yeah, they came out and they it was, it was a good time. It was uh I hadn't um I hadn't met a couple of them in person because they had started after COVID. So um that was kind of cool too. Well, I remember when I was growing up, it was like every business trip you had was either to Kansas City or Toronto. Yeah, and I had them a lot. <laughs> yeah um i haven't been there since before either so do you, what was it like i guess I, you don't have to give me an in-depth explanation of this because i am still a child and i don't really need like the full details of of your work goings on but like i know with kansas city you guys had an office there it's not the same thing in toronto though you don't have like people yeah, in, based out of toronto do you yes oh okay so do you run that team as well, or is it just the Kansas City office? Well, I, I mean, I don't. I didn't. Uh, I used to have um, some of my team in Toronto. They're not there anymore, but there still are people that work in that office that um, use our software. So. Well, okay, but that doesn't mean it's like part of your team. They're not part of my team, but I wasn't going up there necessarily for my team anyway. I was going up there for requirements meetings and stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Just so that like people using your software like understood it. Is that kind of the... Yeah. Or if they were asking for changes. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but but uh, now, that, now that the world's a lot more remote friendly, it's not as necessary to travel anyway. So... Well, yeah. Um, but the... Um, yeah, back back then, you know, 15 years ago, there was there wasn't really as good a um you know, we had remote things, we had phones and um you know, we had a way to share our screens and things, but <laughs> um there it wasn't as uh, you know, we didn't have things like Zoom and Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I assume like a lot of that was like you know, 15 years ago you would have been like it, there's a wider margin of like tech tech literacy, right? Like that gap was probably a lot wider between like you and the person using your software. I mean, somewhat, but still, I think back then, um, 
it was just the you know the internet wasn't as fast and there wasn't as much bandwidth to do a like lot the of that video stuff yeah i mean because it would be it, it worked but it just wasn't high quality like it is now right you know? um and so we, we would basically be on telephones for the audio part because if we tried to mix it in with the sharing of a of a of a screen it was it would be not very good but the screen sharing was okay just by itself as long as you right. put audio on it <laughs> um top of it so but now like you know and even actually up until covid started it wasn't the greatest like because nobody ever really tried to, i mean they they did but they it was like a half-hearted effort to make the stuff work right right <laughs> you know and then uh uh i would say between when, when when the lockdown happened there was exponential growth in the uh in these tools like zoom which is what we use for this mm -hmm. I mean, it's like we're in the same room when we got good microphones right like i, I mean, right it sounds fabulous like just like we're here together um and that wouldn't have been the case two and a half years ago. Like it, 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 Zoom was like a baby then, and, <laughs> and yeah, and, and and Microsoft Teams didn't even really exist. They were it was called Skype. Well, and I couldn't remember like Skype I Skype had... was okay, but it like way way wasn't nearly as stable as as when they they you know the first couple of months of the pandemic. Like every other day, they were releasing a new version of Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. and, well, and I, I remember it was like, um, when I was in college, I had like one online class my freshman year and it was the worst thing ever. Like I very quickly learned like, okay, this isn't my preferred method. Like, I feel like I'm paying like $900 to, um, poorly learn something on a and, internet and to, forum and to fight and, this thing. Cause it isn't really like up to snuff the software. No. Well, <laughs> right. we didn't even do video conferencing. It was like oh, wow. that entire course was on a blackboard, like web forum. So uh -huh. it was like, <laughs> it was like, I was, I remember it was like personal finance or something. It was supposed to be like an easy, like I think it was like a one credit course. And I remember I had to later retake that class because um, everything was on that like online forum. And I was like in my freshman year, I was like, okay, well I'll try it out with like this one credit hour course and um, ended up getting to the end of the semester and not even realizing that the final was due like the Friday instead of the Sunday. So like for the entire semester, I was able to do like all of the assignments last minute and turn it in on Sundays. Um, and it would just be like, Oh, I have to go into this like message board and post something once a week. And then they'll give me this credit. And the last one of the semester was the final worth like 40% of my grade. And it was due on a Friday instead of a Sunday. And like, because all of the messages regarding that final were like in the thread of the forum, I didn't even see that it was due that day until it was already passed. Then I ended up getting like a D minus in this one credit hour course. And like from then on, I was like, okay, well, I am going to just forego having any online classes for the rest of my like education. Like if like, obviously I don't have to, so I won't. And then last semester of senior year was like entirely online. And I remember mom looking at me and going, Hey, remember freshman year when you said you would never take another online course in your life? <laughs> never say never. That's what yeah. you learned. Yeah, that's that what I learned. You that from college, too. Never say never. 
Yeah, because yeah. you will have to. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll almost get forced into it, actually. In fact, you will. It would be bad. Yeah, but. so, I mean, um, it was, uh, you know, it was cool to see the people that, that I hadn't seen in a while and to meet the folks that I'd been working with. I'd seen them, you know, I'd have many video conferences, just not seen them, not right. in person. Um, so that was kind of nice, and uh, the stakes are always incredible at St. Elmo's. Like, I'm, they're not a sponsor, but, I mean, if they want to be, um, we'll talk about them every week. Um, <laughs> I mean, if if they're willing to send you <laughs> stakes every single stakes, week, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll be, I'll be, I'm, hell, I'll, I'll even move in there and, and uh, do the show from there. We can uh, do whatever they want. Um, and in the meantime, let's find me a steakhouse nearby me, and then right. I can... I mean, where the steaks melt in your mouth like butter, right? Like that's. I, uh, listen, if this podcast turns into just talking about steak, um, I, I can be okay with that. <laughs> like right. If, uh, if this means that I just like am eating more steak, that's my favorite. Like a, a nice steak really like changes you know, my entire attitude. So something I love is a good steak with like some really nice skillet mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And they have awesome button, little button mushrooms that they serve up on the side. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I had steak this That's week, but it was, you know, it was not nice steak. It was, I, I got like a discount grocery store steak so I could make tacos. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's acceptable. Yeah. I would make tacos with the like bone in ribeye that I got from. <laughs> no, that would be blasphemous. That would be. <laughs> I mean, I there's something like, morally wrong with that. I feel like it'd be know? overkill to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it would be, you know, sad to do that to the steak, you know, put it in with those other ingredients because it, it. Yeah, really the steak didn't ask it. for that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it probably didn't ask for any of it. <laughs> it didn't have to be grown for food, you know? No, no. Well, and I, I you know, it's funny here, like, uh, obviously the discussions about America are interesting because, like, people don't have context, right? And so, like, and honestly, I feel like I don't have really context until, like, certain points of my life. But um, the meat industry here is just different. And um, one of the things that people are, like, have discussed with me is like the like factory farming industry in the United States. Like someone was, was asking me like, Oh, are you from one of those corn States? And I was like, kind of, yes, I'm like, I am from a corn state, but none of it's like human consumption corn. And that led down like this huge rabbit hole of what do you mean? It's not for human consumption. And I was like, it's, it's, (laughs) They for livestock the, like they don't grow the kind of corn that humans like to eat yeah it was like <laughs> it's not sweet corn it's like it's like it's like animal feed um and then i you know it got down the rabbit hole of me explaining like and then they ship it to another state that has a giant farm with like thousands and thousands of cows and pigs and, and the cows and pigs and chickens in other states in those factory farms Sheep, eat the lambs. F- yeah, they eat. Well, I mean, far less, far smaller percentage of sheep and lamb are eating that. But yes. Um, and so I was explaining like and then the corn is eaten by that livestock and then the livestock is eventually slaughtered for food. So in a way. Like we're just all part of the one big system of the meat industry. And they were like, I didn't realize it was that large. And I was like, yeah, when you like, when it's a discussion about environmentalism, the reason is that like 
those farms have acres upon acres of like piles of cow manure and shit like that like releases methane gas <laughs> and they were like oh and i was like yeah and i was like realizing that the only really reason that i have like a huge context for that is like yeah i grew up in indiana but the other part was that road trip we took where we like passed the farms <laughs> and they like had a great it american road trip tour 2018 yeah, and we like we were driving through the middle of bumfuck Texas and you look to your left and it's just like an entire like building complex style size pile of like manure. And like and, and massive cows. Like yeah, so and, many cows. Yeah. Well, and like uh, somebody's got to shit that, you know? Like it, it was like yeah. um you know, you're realizing that you're like watching like the ozone layer deteriorate in front of your eyes you're like oh that's what's doing it okay well, you that know, the crazy thing, the crazy thing that i discovered along that trip was that all the oil wells used solar power <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like huh wow even the guys drilling for oil don't think they should use oil for power that's no. that's incredible <laughs> it's almost like they 100 percent know what they're doing and they're doing it anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, there are like solar panels on every single oil well rig out there. Yeah. Um, well, and like I was, <laughs> you can't help but laugh on those sorts of things. Like it's just, I was talking to Sarah today about, um, you know, this book I've been reading. It's called Funny Weather. It's like a series of essays by um, this woman, Olivia Lang. Um, who for a long time wrote a column called Funny Weather. Um, and so basically it's a collection of those essays centering around this theme of um, art as um, like a means by which to digest like states of emergency, right? Okay. Um, well, what she says is emergency, but I think that it's just kind of like a world in constant crisis right so so like especially in the last like five years or so it's like very much felt like we've been moving from crisis to crisis and um a lot of the essays that she wrote were back in like 2016 2017 um and like digesting them through art and so like i was talking to sarah about it because i was like yeah it's really funny because you read this and you're like not only have the people who are doing this, like, do, are they fully aware, but they've been fully aware for like a really, really, really long time. <laughs> like, like, like before the current rich people were even born, there were rich people who knew what they were doing when they were like destroying shit and making life hard. So. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean. Of course, there, there, there have been, you know, the, you go back to the oil barons and the railroad tycoons of the early 20th century. Yeah. And, well, like, especially, especially when we're talking about like factory farming, right? Like um, part of the reason that like cowboys and Westeros don't exist anymore necessarily, like in the traditional context that they did was that used to be like a wild thing that you would do like you personally would be kind of a freelance cowboy doing those cattle runs um and then um ranchers basically just put down fences and they were like all of the cows within this land are mine now right like they were like these this is my land i have marked it out and now these cows are mine yeah i mean i think that for a long time they would move the cattle back and forth in order to um 
keep the uh you know the, the, there was a, a certain um obeying of the animal's natural migratory patterns yes you know yeah. and um that that wasn't really necessary so <laughs> if it wasn't no, necessary, it, but it, it gets driven out of business you know right so but it's not like that necessarily as so much as it was um, like there was a time when America wasn't cut up into pieces of this is mine and this is yours. Right. And the way that ended for the West, especially when it came to like the cattle industry was, um, very much akin to like, um, what is that thing? Um, like divine, right. Basically where it was like, well, the U S government manifest says destiny. that manifest destiny, it was a manifest destiny thing where basically like, a rich guy paid the government $5 and got like, quote unquote, got like thousands of miles of land and then started like killing people for trespassing <laughs> and was like, you're not allowed to trespass on my land or take my cattle. I am putting up a fence. You can't be here anymore. Private property, private ownership. Yes. Right. But all of which is what I'm saying is like, nobody <laughs> like you could have already been on that land. You could have already been um taking care of the like animals on that land when that sale happened and then you're getting punished for being there and working the way you have been working right so yeah but you know and that's like, like most said, of the uh, foundation all, of america so all, all of those things have pros and cons i mean i understand the cons taking those people's things away but then i'm taking away the people who didn't own the land to, to begin with from owning it um but then there's the uh, the other side of it that with private ownership comes prosperity. So, okay. There's um there's a there's a positive and a negative. Um, I, I mean, I, it sounds to me like, and this is always how it sounds, is that prosperity, quote unquote, is decided by the person who is prospering off of somebody else. So, like, well, it's I mean, it's I not intestine, technically <laughs> a positive if you're just taking somebody else is positive for yourself. I, I don't know. In some cases, the rising tide lifts even the, the smallest of boats. Okay. Um, trickle down. <laughs> but, but not in all cases. I, that's why I said there's a pro and a con. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, um, anyway. I mean, you know, the, the, to say that folks who were living in tents um, and scrounging off the land, we're living a better life than people who are the poorest of people now. It's probably not true uh, in a lot of ways. Um, well, so hear me out, Dad. Um, when we talk about like Native Americans and the people who took their land, I don't think that we're comparing like teepees to a modern apartment complex. We're just um, like when we talk about a settler's home, it wasn't necessarily better than a fucking teepee, right? It was like a shitty cabin without a place to shit in it. Well, so <laughs> I mean, you're talking you're talking about the beginning and I'm just talking about the eventuality of it. Like I mean it's sure. all the progression. But you're saying but you're saying that right, but you're saying that like I, I think that it's silly to assume that like progression of civilization couldn't have progressed from the people who were doing it differently than us, you know? Oh, I wasn't assuming that at all. I think that was reading a lot into it. Mine, I was just saying that there, are, as I said, there are pros and cons to every approach of that. <laughs> right. And, so, so, yeah, I, yeah, I guess that so, was my my confusion is it kind of sounded like you were like, well, I mean, there's a pro and con and that's how it happens. So it has to be like, like, you know, what Voltaire says is like, 
um you know this <laughs> that whole point of candide is surrounding like oh the best of all possible worlds and the reason that like in that narrative oh this has to be the best of all possible worlds because this is the world and therefore this is the best it could possibly be because it's the one that is well i mean that's right. an interesting philosophy but it wasn't my philosophy my See, philosophy that's was... not what i thought you were going for <laughs> no was like well if they hadn't done that we wouldn't have this awesome life that we live which i guess is true well, but it doesn't mean that we wouldn't have had an awesome life it's just you know well, I mean, there, there are infinite possibilities, so we could have had an even awesomer life or we could have had a much, you know, much less life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but the thing is, I think the progress of civilization was going to happen, whether it, um, whether it happened with Europeans uh, coming into America and doing what they did or um, just the Native American tribes themselves beating each other up as they tried to progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, it, it may not have happened as quickly and it may have happened in, you know, different ways. But eventually, as humanity has progressed toward private ownership of property, that's just that, you know, there, there are byproducts. Some of the byproducts are really awful, terrible and atrocious. And others are uplifting to all of humanity. So it's a it's a it's a tough one. <laughs> there are no perfect answers, you know? Um, and I think that, uh, you know, we, when, when we, we, we were talking a moment ago about travel and COVID and all of those things, I mean, um, the travel of humanity is, um, it has greatly changed over the last couple of years and it's slowly progressing back to, you know, Hey, people are going to travel whenever they want, wherever they want again. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And, um, because that's just the way of, that's just human nature, really. Like people want to explore, people want to go places, people want to, you know, I mean, Hey, you moved over to Europe. You know? Yeah. Well, and honestly, <laughs> it's like, I think that people would travel more if it were like, I've been thinking a lot about, um, like direct travel routes. And I'm like, the reason there's not a direct flight from anywhere in like the UK to Indianapolis is because, me and about 15 other people, man, that's, that's who cares about that route. Like, <laughs> Well, I, I, I think that, um, the, the, you're, you're correct in some ways. Like, um, I, I, there, there aren't very many people that like actually are based in Indianapolis that, uh, as compared to three years ago, right. that want to pick up and get on a plane. Well, yeah. and honestly, um, it's it's not even just like in the past three years. That's it's, slowly getting better. I mean, yeah. yeah, it is in the last three years because before well, that, there were a lot more routes in and out of Indianapolis. <laughs> yes, but I was more going to bring up, um, I remember it's probably 2017, 2018. Um, they announced that we were going to get a direct line from Indianapolis to Paris, right? Like that was like a really big piece of news. I think it was like, something like $1.5 million in taxpayer dollars went to like establishing that deal um, for like this new direct route from Indianapolis to Paris, which would only be like, I think six hours, right? Nonstop flight. Um, And like, that was a really, really big deal. Like, like top of the Indianapolis star, like all of these things. And, And that route never really got off the ground, not to make a pun of it. And part of that is like, okay, well, apparently we didn't have enough like 
daily demand or interest in that route enough to sell it on a regular basis, right? Like, okay, that's well, not after, part of our regular routes because yeah, especially <laughs> after the lockdowns happened when when travel started back up. You know, the smaller the city, the lesser the demand, you know? Right. Well, and we just don't have a lot of transcontinental business coming out of Indianapolis at this point, right? Like for a while we were you, Even if there is, it, like but... there's not a lot of business travel uh, compared to before anyway, because you have, you know, all the improvements in communications that happened during, yeah. like, so it, it's, it's like tough to justify going to meet in person when you know, you, you can really, really accomplish things remotely and everybody's learned how to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, 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 you know, there, the, as you said, there's a little, you know, technology gap, you know, from especially older folks and, uh, and, and also the technology not being that good enough to work anyway. Mm-hmm. But like now, like a couple of years of everyone kind of working remotely and learning how to use all the tools and all the tools just exponentially growing and getting better have made it, you know, almost silly to jump onto a plane at a moment's notice and go <laughs> and yeah. go meet up in person, you know? Yeah. Um, or like so, traveling back and forth from a place for business. Like that lifestyle right. isn't necessarily in existence anymore. Well, I Which, think, it's kind of weird think, that that's one of the things coming, that went away. Coming back a little bit, but it's not ever going to be like it was before. Right. And, the the growth in travel now is about people, you know, that want to visit family, friends, or you know, um, and things like that. So some of those routes are slow to come back because they were heavily, they were heavy business routes, but like the whole business model for, for air, air flight has changed. Yeah. You know, well, and <laughs> you know, also figure it's out like, where the right routes are, you know what I mean? Like right. the ones that they can make money off of and, and it be, you know, cause if you fly a plane with 15 people in it, you're losing money, you know, right. <laughs> you know, well, like my flight from um, Amsterdam to Detroit was very empty. Like I remember that specifically was like um, they rerouted me because of that like weird layover um, thing, like me getting stuck in Amsterdam. They like put me on a Detroit flight the next day. And I not only was I the like I was maybe like there was an empty seat between me and the guy next to me. And then the front, the row in front of us was like three empty seats. And then the row behind us was like where the flight attendants had their like coats. So basically <laughs> so, like my favorite kind of flight. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. the best kind of flight. It was like, like yeah. I had the, the armrests up the whole time. It was very nice. Catch a, catch a good flight where you can like sit across all the seats. I feel like, like I to- uh, told well. you this, but it was like, um, the, the Italian guys, like, sitting closest to me um i borrowed one of their chargers and like the guy and i had like this kind of agreement going where it was like we were just like stacking the things we didn't want like in the center seat between us yeah that's yeah. That's, that's exactly right yeah you, you, yeah. Know, you made it you made a, a a visual contract that it was going to be all right to mingle yeah. your stuff in one seat yeah i literally i think i like one of us like made eye contact with like a pillow as we were like gently placing it on the seat <laughs> 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 and then I, I think at one point I like tapped him and I was like, Hey man, do you want a water? And he was like, yeah. And so like, we were like communicating with the flight attendants across the aisle. Like that's camaraderie right there. Like, yeah, 
I, you had instant camaraderie through a 10 hour flight from Netherlands to to Detroit. To Detroit. Actually, it, I think it was only eight or seven. Eight or okay, eight or seven, which is still forever for me. Yeah, that's a full work day. So yeah, it's, a, it's a yeah, that's a long flight. That's a shift, that you know. Like, yeah. I, I kind of wonder that about flight attendants. Like, I bet, like, so if you're on one of those routes, like that's your day, my dude. Like, also think about this, like. The fact that like you that's a uh, that's a flight from, you know, Amsterdam to Detroit and it's like seven hours, let's say eight hours. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's about the same as the drive from Kansas City to Indianapolis. And the thing is, the flight right now, because there isn't a direct one, which let's let's put it this way. When there was a direct one before covid, it was like 48 minutes to fly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It wasn't a long flight. So the fact that they got rid of that flight, now they fly you to like Dallas and make you wait for like three or four hours, catch another plane and fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you end up spending like nine, 10, 12 hours travel time because, mm-hmm. you know, getting to the airport and all the layover time and then getting a rental car after you land. And it's like, yeah, you know, you go, okay, well, bump this i'll just drive it (laughs) yeah well i mean for reference you know this about me but like that whole experience like with my series of layovers going home as compared to like just going up to chicago getting on the flight and then being in london and taking a train back up like Mm -hmm. I i would rather spend like seven hours on the train from London to Glasgow, then have a singular layover. And it wasn't like a fun travel day for me because I, I was already like exhausted and I was wearing the clothing that I've been wearing for over 24 hours at that point. Like I wasn't going to change in the train station or something. But, um, like, you know, I was exhausted, but I still, I was thinking to myself, like how much more exhausted I would have been if instead of being on a train, I was on like another cramped ass flight or hanging out in an airport to no, like to no avail for that. Just wait. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, it's five hour layover. Like, I guess I'll twiddle my thumbs. Just get on the train. You'll make progress. Yeah. Well, it's like when, uh, so I've been living without a car and it's, it's a lot of the times if the bus is like more than seven stops away, I'll just walk to the next bus stop on that route. And it's not because I, like, I understand I'm philosophically, I'm getting there at the same time, but like part of me would rather walk to the next bus stop and at least feel like I'm making progress than just stand there in the cold and wait. I wouldn't. I'd just get a car. But that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I know this about you. Yeah. That's why I don't use the bus here. Well, your um, step count. Oh, I don't know what you would do about a bus there. There's not a bus where you're at. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, what I, bus I mean, are you pulling? You, you, you don't mean from my house. I meant from, you know, in town when I'm in town. I don't use buses. No, I I mean, there's no reason to use a bus when you're in town because you drove to in town. I'm mean, true, but, you know, I wouldn't take but you're an gonna Uber. You're going to leave your car there? Either. No. I wouldn't take an Uber into town and then ride a bus either. So, 
No. Well, because if you're paying for an Uber, you should just get a Uber to where you're going. What? Well, I mean, you may not, you may take an Uber to somewhere and then take a bus somewhere else later on after you had like breakfast or whatever. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons know. Why it's like take multiple modes of transport. Well, yeah, but like what I'm saying is like most of the time taking a bus is con- mo- the most convenient route. Like, you know, you are, were you trying taxi, to shoot me down but... on my travel plans? I mean, maybe I wanted to take an Uber just to the bus stops on the east side of Indy and so that I could take the buses all around town. Just like to ride you them. You can for do whatever fun. you want. I mean, yeah. if you want to support Indigo in that way, I do. I do understand. Um, they've been dealing. Like when they had, the I don't know why buses. now. So, like my friend so, Brent, Brent Smith, Brent Lee Smith, he he like you know rides the buses constantly because he has a mm-hmm. visual problem and can't drive. And like they had the uh, red line come in and they had free bus tickets for like a month to like show it off. And he was really really sick of the bus being free because there were a bunch of people on there just riding around. For fun. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to get anywhere. He's like, man, I got to go to the grocery store. This sucks. <laughs> get out of my way. I hate yeah. that the bus is full. Quit it. Well, well, so like, it's it's funny with that because does he get it for free? Like because of his visual impairment? No. Oh, okay. So That's, here, if you no, have a disability, you, you ride for free. It's, it's like free. the bus is free. Well... But they, they have a, he so, has a, uh, you know, if you buy a uh, a monthly pass, it's a lot discounted cheaper. compared to like just buying a right. single ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here the bus is free for anyone with a disability and then like somebody who's accompanying them. And then it's free for people over the age of 65. But that's there's nice. also like this national elderly ID card that's like apparently h- hooked up to some corner sort of database. So like old women will have like the card and they'll just scan it and it scans like a like a credit card, like at all of the bus stops, some businesses, like probably your healthcare provider is weird. And it's well, like an old people credit card. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, different things, different places. Yeah, I'm just I'm just telling you a thing. It's a thing. It's a Scotland thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we talked about my week and it led us off into a travel diatribe. How about your week? How was it? It was good. I told you I'm making banana bread. Um, I had, you know, the a Dungeons workshop earlier happen? this week. Yes, I had Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, um, well, it went well. What's I mean, the workshop? What was that? You said a workshop. It that. was like it was a workshop on food and art and like basically like shared culture through food and art uh and writing and i'm not explaining it as succinctly as i probably could but basically um like there was a visual artist who put out a recipe book of her like family's her like grandma's recipes and she was facilitating this workshop about like sharing culture through food and art um and it was like on the opposite side of the city. So it was like, um, it was on like, it was in this place called the Goeth Institute, which is like a, like a German center for culture. Apparently there are like 150 Goeth Institutes in the world. Um, and they all are like centered around like programming about like sharing culture and stuff like that. So it was like a free workshop. 
Um, I've been doing this thing on Eventbrite. I'd just like pop on and type in like free in Glasgow and then like see what's going on so that I don't have to pay for it. And so that was what, what it was, but it was cool. It was like a whole bunch of other like people around my age, just drawing and talking about food and stuff. Mm. Yeah. I see. And, th and this set you off on a need for banana bread. No, I actually was just waiting for the bananas to ripen. It's that oh. time of year. It's banana ripe, banana bread season. <laughs> I, I um, see. That said, so we were talking about you kind of because you're allerg allergic to florets. Um, and <laughs> and um, we were talking specifically about kale as a like leafy green because apparently it's full of like antioxidants and vitamins and like iron and shit. And stuff I'm allergic to apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of all of the health benefits, you're also allergic to it. So, um, and I'm allergic to it and you are, so yeah, I'm allergic to kale. You know, I'm allergic to kale. I We've didn't talked realize about this. this. No, We've talked about this multiple times. Hmm. Okay. So the awesome, so, great. So I'll kale gives me hives. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, luckily the other florets do not, um, it's just kale. Um, but yeah, it, like it tastes spicy to me. Um, and I know it's not a spicy vegetable, um, but it, it does. It makes my throat. <laughs> I don't know what it itch. tastes like. I haven't actually had kale because it's a it's like in the broccoli family, and it's always been on that list. Yeah, um, you're allergic to it. I guarantee all, it. all sorts. Every type of broccoli is bad. Like that's one of the ones that makes me break out the most. So is broccoli like? Do you is it? Does broccoli taste spicy to you? Um, I mean, generally, like, I, I don't really remember what it tastes like raw at all. Um, because I wouldn't do that. But like when I've had it in recent years, it's just mixed in with a soup or something. Like somebody's mm -hmm. accidentally lost a sprig of it into the like the chicken soup. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> or it's chopped up and like, uh, put into something and cooked mm -hmm. down. But I, and I didn't know, like, you know, so I was yeah. kind of ask what the green stuff is in the food so that I know if it's a green that I can have or not. So um, I have realized like, recently. Like I'm not allergic to any herbs or anything. So like people throw like leafy oregano and basil and stuff and things. I'm not allergic to that. So, <laughs> so I recently um, had like uh, basically it was like a masala curry and rice and like the menu just said greens and you know that could be anything. So, um, yeah, I, I assumed, <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. When someone says greens, kale isn't common enough of a green for me to even think about asking, but the plate came and it had like something like that was like a wilted green. And I was like, Oh, maybe it's spinach. And then I, you know, I went and I asked, I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry to ask this is that kale in the greens that you handed me? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm allergic to kale. And they were like, okay. And so I asked like, oh, could I just get a separate bowl to like separate it out? Right. Cause like, right. I was like, I will eat around it. Like, that's fine. I don't know exactly how allergic to kale I am. Like I haven't really tested those waters, but the times I've had it, I'm technically fine. It just tastes spicy. And then my throat itches for a while and I have hives. So like, yeah, well, I'm not trying to like, fun. it's uh, until I take the Benadryl. That's what happens. Yeah. So like, I basically like, I don't take the Benadryl. I just am uncomfortable for an afternoon. And so I'm like, okay, well, I don't really want to have that experience right now. So, 
um, they remade the greens for me, which was nice. But so basically we were at this food event, separate instance. Um, we're talking about kale. I'm talking about, oh, I'm allergic to kale. And they're like, oh, well, it's a really good source of fiber. And I'm like, yeah, my dad's allergic to like most leafy greens that have fiber. (laughs) And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, he's allergic to broccoli and cauliflower and asparagus and Brussels sprouts and (laughs) kale and spinach and uh, because they're all florets and that's what he's allergic to (laughs) and and they were like okay well what do you do when you need more like leave like like green fiber in your diet and I was like well honestly when we were growing up we had a lot of celery (laughs) and carrots and And carrots and you know just different different more hearty vegetables root vegetables a lot of the time green beans um, so basically it was like, um, we were talking about celery and I was saying like, yeah, I mean, ants on a log was one of our like go-to kid snacks at little league. And the entire room like looked at me, like I just grew a third head and they were like, I'm sorry, <laughs> what did you have as a snack? So as a game time, halftime snack. And I was like, ants on a log, bugs on a log. And they were like, you need to tell us what that is right now. And I, I explained that it's it's just celery with peanut butter and raisins. And they were like, that sounds kind of gross. And I was like, well, it is a kid's food. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, It's not like I'm having that for dinner. And peanut butter isn't like a big thing in other parts of the world. Like that's a huge American thing. So no, apparently like PB&J isn't common here either. Right. Yeah. Like peanut butter in general isn't that common outside the U.S. Yeah. I know like... um the um a, a lot of uh, my friends from india who have come to the us experienced peanut butter for the first time <laughs> <laughs> and uh i had um one of them his name's uh Laksh. he was like he he was totally intrigued with reese cups like <laughs> he would eat tons of them like at halloween time you know people would have like a bucket of candy on their desk and he would just pick all the reese cups out of it little one second so. pause while i check on my banana bread all right that's great so right now bailey i can't see is uh over at her oven she's got some oven mitts and she's folding it down folding on the lid and looking at the banana bread to see if it's ready or not which you know i find super exciting oh no not the top did you not the gumdrop buttons So um, I, I hope that her uh, experience comes out good and she returns soon to the podcast as she is off with the banana bread in a state of flux. Hello. Hello. I am Hello. back. Welcome back. Um, we were just talking a little, about you while you were gone. Just a little pumpkin bread update for you. Um, it appears that the loaf itself is good. Um, however, I accidentally put it on the top rack instead of the bottom rack. And so the nuts on the top of the bread are a little scorched. No, no, no. Don't say that word. Say seared. That's what seared. they say. On, that's what they say on, on the cooking, on, you know, on, on the food network when they, you know. Yeah. So what I have here when, for they, you when they've overcooked something, it's, it's, it's got a, it's got a, a, a nice tight sear. sear. It has it. a sear on it. Yeah. Yeah. This is my um it's it, a little it, smoky flavor. <laughs> so this is a banana loaf reduction um with seared pecan halves on top. <laughs> right. 
There you go. See, if you explain it better. I'm a natural. Yeah. I really love the smokiness of those pecan bites. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you do. That's what the, the, the judges would say to you if you were on Chopped. Yeah, you know, it adds a nice um, bitterness, a bitter note. <laughs> yeah, which was perfect to give it balance against that sweet banana flavor. Yeah, I mean, that was what I was, was hoping for, was that I would balance out the sweet banana flavor. <laughs> right. I'm sure you were. Yeah, that was what I was going for. What, you don't believe me? Nope. Yes, I do believe you. Yeah. Pessimistic. Oh, oh now <laughs> you believe me. I see I believe you. I should put a fork in this, make sure the center is done. (laughs) So uh, I have a confession to make in the um, interest of moving on. Um, (laughs) The uh, I got through six of them for the Gilmore Girls this week. That wasn't um, our agreed upon number, but that's fine. We were we well, you know, I was a couple behind from the week before. And right. so I, you know, I still got six, but I didn't get the full eight. So we're still two behind and we should probably just call that a thing and just continue on with six. Cause I don't think I have enough time in my life to do eight in a week, no matter how much I try. Okay. Well, um, but kind um, of lame of you, but that's fine. I know I'm a little lame. Where'd you, but where'd it, you, where'd you stop? What, what's the last episode we'll talk about today? So I know. Well, uh, it's uh, episode seven through of season three through episode 12. Lorelei Out of Water is the 12. I don't know the episode names. So seven is they shoot Gilmore's, don't they? Uh, which is about the dance contest. Oh, and, oh, um, okay. Okay. I know which, where we are now. Okay. Which like this episode to me, like you were talking about the Thanksgiving episode, which will be to two in a couple here, but um, this episode to me is one of the like episodes that I, uh, out of the whole series, it's one that I really remember. And I think it's so well done. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, when we, when we start off with it, there's a big dance contest in town and it lasts like 24 hours or whatever. It lasts until somebody, until everybody falls down basically. Yeah. And, um, which Laura nobody Lye, ever always falls down. They always make it to the 24 hour mark. Somebody makes it barely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, actually the thing is Kirk's won it like five years in a row, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kirk like that's, partner. that's pre-established pretty much immediately. Yeah. So right. they, they so, pull in, they say, Oh, Kirk isn't going to win this year. And Lorelai <laughs> is like determined to beat Kirk. Right. Yeah. So she's Kirk. looking, yeah, she's looking for a partner and, uh, and there's like a story about her, you know, almost winning the year before and something weird happening. And um, she wants Luke to do it with her, and he's totally not doing it. <laughs> yeah, he's not into it. He wasn't going to be into it. She knew that from the start. Like, come on. Like, she also, she kind of realized she couldn't win with him anyway, so she moved on. And she got Stanley Appleman to agree to do with it, and he used to be in Riverdance. <laughs> Only that fell through because... <laughs> Stanley Appleman's wife took it as like a come on. Uh, yeah, Stanley Appleman's wife saw a picture of her and decided she was way too pretty to be dancing with her husband all day. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
And so that was a no. And I loved it when she met up with Stanley Appleman's wife at the at the dance because she was yeah, running one like of the booths the of food. Checking people in. Yeah, the nurse. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. She was the nurse checking she's people like doing in. Doing physicals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was like, you don't look like you've been in a car crash or something like that. <laughs> Whatever story he had told her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but Lorelai ends up getting Rory. Mm-hmm. Um to be her partner now you know there there weren't a lot mm-hmm. of side stories in this one they really like focused well, on the dance you know i mean the 74th out. anniversary of the franklin was happening and jamie came to see paris which was like um hear me out okay the only way they could have told the story of this dance competition is making it the central thing that's happening for the episode right like yeah the way they told this damn dance competition story was exactly how it needed to be right and so the only things that they did extra in here was just set up a little bit of story for later <laughs> yeah. right it really right. it's like a halfway point it's like a major episode because oh, also yeah. what happens in this episode is that Lane and her mom are handing out like the most vile sandwiches I've ever seen <laughs> to all the dancers. Yeah. It's like watercress salad or something. <laughs> it's she's, disgusting. <laughs> she's scooping it out of there. And like the thing is that the people are so hungry and starved that they don't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole anything. thing. She, what I love about uh, my favorite line from this episode is Mrs. Kim going, "You can't, ha- you can't take one to go. The bread, <laughs> the bread gets soggy after five minutes, and it's absolutely useless." Right. <laughs> like she's like. <laughs> and then she said, and then she, uh, that somebody asked her a little later, "How long are these good for?" And she says, "Only about five more minutes. Then it become hard like rock." yeah (laughs) so like it's a self-destructing recipe (laughs) (laughs) like there's nothing good said about it with the little with the banter right like (laughs) every comment about it is kind of an offhanded like insult to it even the people making it don't have anything good to say about it yeah so like that that whole thing like lane is that's her station for the entire episode and i do want to just go ahead and get this out of the way so what happens towards the end of the night is that david riflowski the the guy in the band david riflowski yeah david riflowski um comes and sees Lane at the dance competition scooping sandwiches. And Lane's mom comes up and Dave Rogowski starts the lie that allows them to basically start seeing each other, which is that Dave Rogowski is a God-fearing man waiting for his parents to get out of Bible study. Right. Well, and he is, I mean, he, he, he isn't like not aware of church. Like, (laughs) here's the thing, like, we don't get a lot of details about his background, but he has to have a certain awareness of religion in order to pull off the the game that he pulls. Right. Because. Right. um, Like a few episodes from now, obviously, I'm ahead of you. Um, (laughs) Lane's mom, like Dave Rogowski, like forgets his Bible and he has written inside the front cover. This book belongs to God, but is being used by Dave Rogowski. Yeah, yeah, I like that. 
so he basically like his entire thing in front of Lane's mom is, I don't know your not- daughter. I'm not here for your daughter. I'm just a simple boy who is here for God and plays hymns on guitar. <laughs> right. Yeah. And she loves him. But yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so they, they set up like a, a thing that like, that, that's what I mean. It's like they're, all they're doing is planting seeds for some other story. Cause they're not going to really tell any of it here. They're going to yeah. stay very true to this central theme, which is all about the, the dance and the people in it, you know? Yeah. And, um, so a few things happen at the dance. Um, the first one is set up, I think with Sookie and Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. So Sookie, Cause he wants to have four and four. <laughs> he wants to have four and four. And Sookie says that as they're four walking into four like years. The, the physical. And Lorelai is just being Lorelai. She doesn't realize what she's saying. She's like, do you want four and four? She even asks. She says, do you want four and four? And Sookie's like, four and four is a lot. And Lorelai says, yeah, that's what I was thinking is that four and four is a lot. Um, you know, that's a, that's a lot of kid. And then I think Lorelai also goes like, one thing to consider is Four in four means four years without a cocktail, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's when Sookie goes, oh, that's a good point, right? <laughs> right. But then so, she goes back to Jackson and makes it seem like Lorelai told her not to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is a thing that Jackson is allowed to be upset about, right? Like the idea that Lorelai gets to decide what they do. Yeah. I, I loved his children. passive aggressiveness to Lorelai then because he was like... You know, chasing her around with, well, maybe we should ask Lorelai if we should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, um, <laughs> like, like, it's like, and Sookie's apologizing all over herself to Lorelai and, and Lorelai's a little bit like, no, 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 I'm not going to have a single opinion about your marriage anymore. You're right. I did overstep. Like, that is a conversation between you and Jackson. You enjoy that. Like, I'm done for today. I've learned my lesson. Um. And, you know, that like that, that's the funny thing about like basically the entire night, Jackson and Sookie are chasing one another with this argument. Well, yes. And, and then um, um, as the dance starts, like Jess enters with Shane and sits right in front of Dean, you know, Dean sitting in the stands because Rory's dancing with Lorelai and Jess enters and sits right in front of Dean and starts kissing Shane. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and so every time that Rory looks in the direction of Dean, she sees Jess kissing Shane. Yeah, making out with Shane. It's not yeah. it's not like a little kiss, okay? It's like <laughs> Right. Like every time I room? look at my boyfriend is like I'm watching them aggressively make out, right? right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And of course, so, Rory doesn't really, she's not that into the dance anyway, but then they have this segment called the runaround where they have to run uh, in circles around the gym. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this is that at no point, it's, it's like, it's such an afterthought of a line for a second because Taylor gets on the mic and he goes like, and now it's time for the runaround. And Rory goes, <laughs> Oh no, what's this? And Laura like goes, Oh no, I forgot about this. Uh, she goes, How'd you forget about it? And she goes, I don't know. It's I just block it out. <laughs> like it's so bad that I Well, they're like 12 it. hours in and they're now they're making them run. Like yeah. 
<laughs> do a lap. And it's a fa- here's the thing. He it, it like the way it's described is like everybody has to do a lap before the break. Right. And the last ten couples over the finish line are automatically disqualified. <laughs> right. And then I love that Jackson's right there with him, and the whole time he's just ripping into Lorelai. Right. Yeah. And, and as they're running, and then Rory is like. <laughs> Rory's like, let me just interject. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) She's like listening to all the nonsense Jackson's saying, and she just wants to interject with I hate you because she's having to run at this point. Yeah, like they're having a jog. (laughs) Hour 12. Yeah. (laughs) And then they have the break. At which points, you know, Rory starts telling Jess that he needs to, what what the hell's he doing there? He needs to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and Jess and Dean have a little get together at the sandwich station because mm-hmm. Dean's like, you're not even in it. You know, he's like, well, you're not in it. Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Like, like they're yeah. having a little spat and, and Dean's trying to be good. He's like, he even says, he's like, you don't want me to interject because I have nothing to say. Like, like you don't want me to have something to say. I'm not going to have something to say. I'm going to pretend you're not here. That's my plan. Uh, and just tries to like, um, like basically stir up trouble. And Dean's like, again, I don't care. I am ignoring you. <laughs> Stop talking right. to me. I'm trying to keep the peace. And yeah. then Rory starts the fight, right? Like Rory's right. So the the, one who's the, like the the dance fighting. goes back together, and then uh, Lorelai breaks her heel on her shoe, and so she uses yeah, a yellow she, like, card. Was wearing some like vintage she- heels or whatever. So right, yeah. So she she's uses a yellow card, yellow card, and have as long as someone else stands in for her or whatever. So Dean comes out there and stands in for her while she goes to get her shoe fixed. And then while Dean and Rory are dancing, Jess and Shane are making out and Rory starts yelling at Jess. Yeah. And (laughs) exhausted, right? Like, (laughs) right. And they're the last two couples. There's like them and, and Kirk and his girl. No, they're (laughs) not the last. They're not the last two because there is one one or two other couples on the floor. Like they're down uh, to the there, wire, there, right? There, yeah, the, yeah. There were three on the floor, I think. But Taylor was asleep, so he wasn't noticing what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, they get into this. Like Rory says something on the floor, and she's she's yelling at Jess while dancing with Dean, and um, and Dean's Rory like, says I'm sick of this. The lines of. No, yeah, he's like getting upset. He's like fed up, and Rory just goes, um, "Well, Dean's allowed to because she, he's my boyfriend." And he, she, he goes, "Well, now I'm not right. Like, not anymore. I'm not. I, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm walking away. This. I is can ridiculous. see what you. I can see what's going on here, and I'm done. Like, I, yeah. I'm, <laughs> you know, and uh, and then so she tries to chase after Dean, and he's just done." And she can't find him, and she walks off to the bridge. Well, and basically, the thing, the the real cutting like aspect of this confrontation with Dean is that she's trying to apologize for like having an argument with Jess. But I think that she hasn't realized yet that he has completely already figured out like all of the moving pieces of this, and it doesn't matter whether or not he knows about like the kiss with Jess because he knows that 
she clearly likes Jess and that Jess likes her. And that that's what he says to her face is like, hey, forgive forgive me if I'm misconstruing this. But it seems to me that you like Jess and Jess likes you. And for whatever reason, I'm being forced to be in the middle of it. Right. And I'm done. And I'm, and I'm done. And I'm done. <laughs> and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not dealing with this. This is yeah. insane. And Rory is just like standing there like, oh, shit. Yeah. And she, she goes to the bridge and she's like having a sulk. And then Jess comes up and Jess goes, you know, just kind of trying to see like what the vibe is. Right. And she's like, she says to him, um, well, I'm a horrible person because everything Dean said in there was right about us. Right. And Jess goes, oh, was it? And Rory goes, okay, just me then. That's fine. Um, and they get to talking and Jess is like, no, he was right. He was right about both of us, which is like this sweet little moment of like, well, you're awful said, together. Right. And then Jess looks at her and says, so you and Dean are through? And she says, yes. And he says, okay, I'll see you later. I gotta go do something. <laughs> it's like it very like, clearly he's like all right i'm gonna go break up with shane i'll be back <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah i mean but it was it was a an, an honest moment of he wasn't really with shane anyway like he was only with her yeah. because he wanted to make her jealous he was trying to make yeah. rory jealous and it worked and, so. and it worked yeah and um then it comes back to the gym it cuts back to the gym and the other couple that was still standing like passes out on the floor <laughs> And and Kirk's got his his dance partner. And he's basically holding her up, and she's passed out. Like he's he's holding her up, and the other two fall down. And he goes, "Taylor, I'm the last." I'm a, and, he, and he has to wake him up so that he can declare him the winner. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course, like the timing of this is so messed up because it's like Lorelai's shoe is just now fixed, right? Like right. <laughs> and she walks in and she's like, where's Rory? <laughs> I have my yellow card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Kirk wins the trophy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he does. It's the Rocky theme, right? That's his celebration. Yeah, the Rocky song. theme. And he runs in a circle carrying the trophy. Of course, his date, his dance partner does not because she's asleep on the floor. Like, yeah. <laughs> <she> <laughs> <laughs> she's she's already she already passed out at some point earlier you know mm -hmm. uh <laughs> so and then uh we get into the next episode let the games begin and the first thing is that tr kirk comes walking into luke's with the trophy and starts yeah. gloating with everybody <laughs> and the trophy's yeah. huge right it's like four feet tall it's oversized know? it's like yeah. some counts like some city council fees went toward that thing right like it's huge yeah and and they're really tired, Lorelai and Rory are, but they're going to Luke's. And of course, Rory has told Lorelai that she's with Jess and mm -hmm. Lorelai's going to be okay with it because she's going to let this thing play out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, what I love about like this blooming relationship is 100% that Luke is like just kind of innocent enough about it, right? Like, like Lorelai's like, oh, they're together. That's what that was. And Luke's like, what? What about Dean? Dean's over. Oh, well, that's okay. 
you're okay with this? And he like starts getting all defensive. And I love, like, I think it's this episode where he like slams the door into the apartment. And he starts having the talk with Jess, like in a very serious way. Like, <laughs> so dude, I care about her. Like, I don't care what you were doing with that other girl that was in that closet. Right. Yeah. But, but that one's basically Rory. a daughter to me. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to treat her correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and this episode is really powerful as well because this one here we get into the visit because Richard wants Rory to go visit Yale, right? Right, and uh, he kind of like manipulates Rory into going, yeah. But doesn't like tell anyone that his what his ulterior motive is, <laughs> right? right. Well, and then and they kind um, of know that the ulterior motive is like, oh well, Richard wants rory to go to yale so she's he's like wanting her to see the campus and thinks that he's gonna like sink his hooks into her with it right right like that's what that's where lorelei thinks it begins and ends but that's not the case right and then uh um before they go there's like a cut back to um to the to the diner and kirk comes in and he's lost his trophy yeah because somebody stole it like apparently this is something that happens every year as well <laughs> Yeah, if someone steals the trophy every single year. Yeah, like, I think that's hilarious, right? I didn't want to look, lose sight of saying that, but I, I love that because they, like, they cut back for just a minute so that you know, Kirk, have you the trophy's missing? He's like looking for it, and it's like, and then somebody says, "Somebody stole Kirk's trophy again." <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody in town inevitably gets sick of him gloating around with his trophy and takes it and hides it somewhere <laughs> which is which is hilarious um uh so yeah so they they do take the road trip to yale right mm -hmm. and um we find out that uh, how emily and richard met which i i think this is a part of it that gets a little lost because there's so much drama later right mm -hmm. uh -huh. but she, we find like, out how, she stole him like he was yeah engaged. from pinnell and lot right yeah. and like <laughs> and uh it, it's it's very interesting to hear you know because the you know she really went after him and and he was you know um, engaged <laughs> yeah he was engaged to somebody else so that that's that's wild you know um it it, it almost explains a little bit of the wild streak that lorelei has because she kind of got it from them you know yeah. <laughs> neither yeah, one 100%. of them want to admit it you know but um but you know it, it was a, a product of their of how they actually are um and uh I, I, I did like the sweetness of Richard who was excited to shit. You know, they were having like a little side moment and um, Emily and Lorelai had gone to the restroom or something mm -hmm. and he told her how Lorelai was supposed to go to Yale. Yeah. You know, and um, <laughs> like his face was so saddened and he was so, you know, it's it's why he did what he did to them because he really really hated that she didn't <laughs> yeah. you know well um, i think that like what double sucks with this is like he he also has not had that conversation with this daughter and his daughter hasn't had that conversation with him and then like part of it also is like they've actively said like you 
clearly want her to go to Harvard just to spite me. Right. And that's like, clearly you know, true. And that's like, clearly true. And it's <laughs> yeah. clearly double true to a point where it's like it's almost a pointless spitefulness because she herself wanted to go to Yale. It's like she's spiting the her that didn't get to happen too, right? Yes, and she, and it's been a Harvard thing all along and she the, the the part of it that starts to come clear is that while Richard is manipulating her to go to Yale, she's manipulating her to go to Harvard, right? <laughs> like and Rory can feel that. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, but but the thing is, she doesn't mind the manipulation because she thinks both schools are great, right? Yeah. But then Richard does the thing that's awful, which is sets her up with an interview with the admissions people at Yale that are friends of his that he went to school with, and he they're they're like they're like really close, you know, yeah. and um and tricks her into going there and having a meeting with him, and of course. Lorelai, she's just off the handle about this, like, yeah. <laughs> without and and rightfully so because that wasn't the plan, you know. No. Like, but but her indignation is about manipulation and those things, right? Yeah. And 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 then Emily is, of course, a little bit mad because she didn't expect that kind of dishonesty to happen either. She thought, hey, we're going to show Rory the campus and maybe she'll want to go meet with admissions on her own. Right. Yeah. Well, and even <laughs> the thing, the thing about like Emily is very much that Emily knew that that sort of meeting was going to throw a family trip off the rails. And that was the first family trip that they had like for since Rory was a baby. Right. It's the first time yeah. they went out of town as a group since before Rory was born. Yeah, and, so, and 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 she was really mad because she didn't want that thrown off the rails. Like, yeah, at all. she was really really <laughs> mad because it, she didn't want it thrown off the rails, and her husband fully knew that what he was doing was going to run it off the rails, and didn't consult her about it. In fact, kept it from her so that she couldn't stop it from happening. Right, because he knew that it would would, but he also wanted it so badly that he was willing to try it out. Yeah. You know, now the thing that I love about this episode is the next piece that happens, which is Rory comes out of the interview and she's impressed the hell out of the guy. Right. Anyway, mm -hmm. even though she wasn't yeah. prepared, but then Richard says, well, that looks like that went well. And she, then she's just pissed. Right. Yeah. Cause <laughs> she, she like, waits, she waits for the guy to <laughs> say goodbye and walk back into his office and close the door before she immediately turns around to her grandfather and goes, hi, what the hell was that? How dare you? Yeah. And 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 what I love about it is that he's like, I know that your mother's upset. And Rory's like, this isn't about my mom. This is about me. I would have brought my resume. I would have brought, like, I would have worn something else. Like, I would have been prepared. And he goes, well, it seems like you did very well in the meeting. I don't know why you're freaking out about it. And she's like, because it's a thing that I would have wanted to prepare for. You know, it's a thing I would have wanted to know was happening. Well, and I, I would have I, said I, yes. And she said, he said, you wouldn't have done it. And she's like, no, I wouldn't have. I would have totally have done it. I, you know, like I, I would have yeah. done it just because you asked me, not because, 
yeah, of any other reason. Not because of any other reason. Yeah, yeah like, it, I would have done it just because you asked me. Out of it. Yeah. But but I would not have come unprepared because that's not how I am, and this is this is horrifying to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've put like, me through something horrible because you were afraid I was going to say no, and you had no reason to believe that I was going to say no, except for oh, my mom doesn't like it. So it's like <laughs> it's disrespectful to me, and we've had a relationship. And it's disrespectful to my mother because yeah. you, you thinking that she had that much sway over anything that I might choose in my life, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I mean, he was, he really took it from her and that was mm -hmm. the harder one. Right. But it was really, really great because she made a lot of really great points and that had nothing to do with the pettiness of what Lorelai was talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, and he gets laid into three going, times that day, right? Yeah, because yeah. as soon as they drop off the girls, his wife turns to him and goes, you can't do that. We are a team. Like, like <laughs> the whole point of this marriage is that we're a team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right now you just left me in the dirt for something that you wanted. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we, we go back to Stars Hollow where they've taken like an Uber back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, Luke tells Lorelai that he's watching Jess and he thinks he's got it all together. And and she's like, uh, well, they just snuck out to meet each other. <laughs> they're me. They're together right now. <laughs> they're together right now. <laughs> and he goes, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Oh, I'm gonna go study. Oh, I'm gonna go do this thing. That's kid code for let's go meet at this predetermined location where parents aren't around." <laughs> And he, it dawns on him, he's like, damn. And he like starts to go chase after him. And he's like, aren't you going to come? And Laura's eyes like, no. No. <laughs> She's like, hey, we're going to have to see how this plays out. You know, it's like, it's about time she had a Jess. I, I don't know what to say. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah she's she's like had enough time to come to terms with the fact that it's gonna happen just it was yeah. a matter of time you know yeah um <laughs> she had seen it a few episodes ago when you know she wouldn't go see dean after him not bugging her all day you know yeah she was um, like oof <laughs> yeah yeah so but then the the crazy thing is that rory left jess to go see dean at his window yeah well and, and like sorry oh. that she's sorry and know? he basically is like yeah i appreciate that you're sorry but like please leave me alone for a little while i'm kind of pissed like yeah <laughs> i'm hurt i'm pissed leave me alone you know yeah. and and she said she hopes he won't hate her someday which i thought was really cool you know yeah. um and then we go back to the last moment of the day and she pulls out the Yale pamphlet and is looking through it. And we, and then we go up to Lorelai's bed and she's falling asleep with the Yale pam pamphlet. <laughs> yeah. And it's like clear that both of them are like, okay, well, aside from the shitty part of today, let's think about this a little bit. And, and Yale looks like it's not that bad of an option. Like, you know, <laughs> that was the, that was the, well, I think the takeaway. And what I like about the way that this plays out is very much that, the the mention of backup schools is is it coming into play as well right like like this is where like basically it's like a setup for this sort of thing because over the next few episodes they mention backups a lot 
And yeah, at no well, point in, does in the Lori... next episode, they're going to talk about the backups, right? Yeah. So like they, they're, uh, it's the Thanksgiving episode with the one that you were dying <laughs> to talk about, right? Yeah. So, so like there are two, there are a lot of parts of this that I love. Um, and the, <laughs> and the first is, is that, um, Emily, the episode inter starts with Emily Gilmore just surprise dropping in at the end because well, Lorelai isn't answering her phone calls. Hold on a second. Before she does that, though, is the best part. Suki is having a freaking cow because yeah. she's going she's gonna to have Thanksgiving off and, and have Thanksgiving at her house. So she's got a sub happening at the end for her. And yeah, she can't handle it, and it's hilarious, right? Like, yeah, I was, uh, like Suki's freak out just was cracking me up. Well, what yeah. if he does? You know, and, and Laura likes like, then you'll fix it tomorrow. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't. It's it's one night. Enjoy your night off. Like, <laughs> exactly. Stop freaking out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so. So Emily She's stops by the end. And Emily stops by the end. And she basically is like, hi, you've been in it, like ignoring my phone calls, pretending you're going through a tunnel, saying you're sick. Like you've, you've been sick the last Friday three Fridays. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you've missed the last three Friday night dinners because you're quote unquote sick. So I thought and, I'd check on you to make sure you weren't dying. Are yeah. you dying? <laughs> okay, good. Then you're coming to Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. <laughs> right. And Lorelai's like no and emily basically is like hey listen we had an agreement and it's thanksgiving and i want to see you guys i want you guys in my home for dinner like that's what that's it and she says like hey there will be other people there to buffer and i will even allow you guys to like avoid conversation except for hello and goodbye if you so choose but i expect you to be there and and then she said and i want to remind you that richard did that behind my back and I don't think it's fair to punish me. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. yeah. And, and that's and what got like, Lorelai oh, right there. And, and Lorelai, if you are still sick tomorrow night, don't give me a phone call. I want you to bring your doctor to my door and try and convince me of it. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So. So they have four um, Thanksgivings to attend. Which yes. is hilarious. What right? I loved about it is that she tries to she tries to let one of them go, and she's at the diner, and she's like, "Well, Luke wouldn't care. Like, Luke's nonchalant." And she says, "Like, you know, Luke comes over, and he's talking about the turkeys that he's preparing in the back for them." And she's yeah. like, "Just make one less, because we won't be here. We've got three other places to be that night." And he like immediately looks bummed, right? And she's like. <laughs> Oh, you actually like us being here. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> right. And then she's and so, like, you know what? The the schedule has just changed. Uh, she acts like she got a phone call, you know? Yeah. We can work and it a, in. And yeah. what I love about Rory is Rory's like, well, I guess we'll just skip roles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the running so. joke throughout this one is Kirk's cat. Cat Kirk. Which, <laughs> cat Kirk. He named his cat Kirk also. Every <laughs> mention of this cat makes me come unglued, right? <laughs> cat because Kirk. It, because at first he's talking about it. He's like, I've named my cat Kirk. And we've we've got some disagreements. Like the cat and I are not getting We're going along. through an adjustment, I think he says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says we're going through an adjustment. And then he like is like he or she i'm not exactly sure and laura <laughs> goes you're not sure and he goes 
the cat hasn't exposed himself to me yet. Kirk <laughs> <laughs> says he has to announce himself before he comes in the room. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps popping up with more and more like lacerations. His face gets ripped open at one point. So he tried to play the floor. I, I tried to play on the floor with it. <laughs> and then I tried to, <laughs> I, I tried, I stripped naked. And, blood. Yeah. What I, what I, what I loved was the, the moment where he goes, he's like, I stripped naked and I went in the tub because apparently cats are averse to water. Not Kirk. Cat Not Kirk. Cat Kirk. Cat Kirk gets power from the water. <laughs> he, he seems to draw power from it. <laughs> <laughs> that monologue when Lorelai comes into the diner and he starts talking about like the cat drawing power from the water. <laughs> I like the first time I re- still remember the first time I saw it and I like we had to pause like four or five times because it was just un- well, unholy amounts of laughter. <laughs> you know, Kirk like is the, the, the actor playing Kirk is so great at playing Kirk. And he gets yep. to the point where, like, this is this is masterpiece shit. They just have to give him more screen time because he's so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's never really all that central to the plot of anything. He's no. just, like, color. <laughs> what I love about this B-plot is very much, it seems like they had it, like, in the chamber for a while. But they were waiting for an episode where they could afford to give him that much room. And the Thanksgiving episode is just fluff enough. Well, they made these interludes in between the different places, right? So they keep going back to him because they're, you know, as they visit the different places, there's like the in-between, right? And they show up at the next place. Like, you know, they go to Lane's Thanksgiving and Dave is playing music for Lane's Thanksgiving, (laughs) of course. (laughs) And Lane's talking about her plan to get her mom to agree to prom. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the slow plot. Yeah, she, to, she has that. a slow plot to get to uh, get to prom with Dave Rukowski. Right, and <laughs> and that's what this is the one where the Bible shows up, where yeah. he he so, doesn't have it. <laughs> yeah, where he write, where he wrote in the Bible. He like leaves yeah. the Bible there, and he, <laughs> he yeah. like has specifically underlined and like dog-eared pages just for the sake of like looking more God fearing, and then well, like hitting her all of all of Mrs. Kim's favorite spots. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, this book belongs uh, to God, but, but is being used by Dave Rogowski. Yeah. (laughs) And then we cut to Suki's house after Mm -hmm. a Kirk interlude. And over at Suki's, things are going sideways because they don't want to cook the turkey. They don't want her to cook it. Jackson has been. Uh, like he's going to cook the turkey because he wants to deep peanut boil all day. He wants to deep fry fry the turkey. And he comes out with the turkey in hand and like starts a like a rowdy cheer. All of his cousins bird. are like blood sport prepared for this turkey <laughs> to get deep fried. It's like the main event of the day. Is this and Lorelai just starts giving her alcohol because that's what's needed. <laughs> yeah. right. Only way you're gonna be okay with that and <laughs> is if is if we go ahead and we we liquor you up a little bit. Jackson's um, like, fry it up, 
fry <laughs> like they're all cheering <laughs> and what i what i love about this is at the end of the night um they cut back to suki and suki has been drinking all day she has not stopped <laughs> and she's got as she goes through as she goes i went through all of the stages of grief <laughs> <laughs> and she can't remember the last two because she's been drinking <laughs> and she yeah. she and they're, and they're, they're like, frying up everything they fried up butter they fried up cheese they fried up <laughs> shoes like yeah. that guy i had to step in once because uh uncle dan over there said he was gonna fry up his nephew yeah and, <laughs> um they've set her fire up ablaze <laughs> the part of the yard was scorched yeah yeah and so and then at, at luke's luke and and Rory and and Jess and Lorelai all sit down for food, right? Like that's yeah. the and, and Jess like and a, Rory kiss for a second, and Luke and, and Jess go off to get something. Yeah, yeah. and Lorelai comments on how it was lame, and then mm -hmm. she's like, "What are you? You know, it wasn't that bad. Whatever. I'm not used to this in public stuff." And then Babette gets up to say goodbye and says, "And that kiss with Jess was not very good, honey. Get get in there." <laughs> well, and what happens is like basically she's like the entire town is watching and they were already watching with Dean, but now they're double watching, right? Like they're, they're right. watching and they don't like him and they liked Dean. And so it's like this big <laughs> whole thing. Um, and, and basically like, uh, you know, at the end of the night, what happens is that she finally, like she's had a long day and it's the middle of the night and he's going out to take the trash and he, she just like walks up and lays one on him. Right. Yeah unbeknownst to her dean had just gotten off of work across the road um doesn't see that she he like saw the kiss and everything and dean starts like chasing jess down and and trying, trying to get to him to him. fight and then jess says i'm not gonna fight you because it doesn't matter if it's my fault or yours it's gonna be my fault with rory <laughs> yeah you know like he's like hey i don't really care anymore it feels pretty good <laughs> you know <laughs> He's like, I understand you being antagonistic right now because now I'm in your shoes and fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. I got nothing to lose, bro. Um, yeah. Of course, they were at the Gilmores um, and Claude from France and, and Monique, who only speak French. Uh, well, Claude mm -hmm. didn't, but like Monique could only speak French. So there's a lot of translations going on, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> which, which I thought was really good and funny. Mm -hmm. Um well, and then, because it was like the comedic relief under like a pretty tense dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, they all at the table and Richard carves off the, a slice of the turkey and they take it away. And, and it's and, ceremonial. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, hey, where's it going? And she, he's like, it's going off to be carved, Lorelai. And he, she's like, but but you just carved it. And he's like, that was just ceremonial. And she's like, but uh, turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and they hand their salad, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so. so then they start asking Rory about where she's applying for college. And she says, Harvard. And then they're like, well, where else did you apply? What are your backup schools? And Lorelai's like, backup schools? I didn't even think about backup schools, you know? And mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, I applied to some backup schools. And like, where? And this like, is the first, like, uh, I, I do want to stress that, like, Paris has mentioned it. The other kids at school have mentioned it. Like, right. there have been other mentions of backup schools, but every time it's mentioned, it's 
kept quiet that Rory has also already applied to these backup schools, right? <laughs> right. So like, because Rory doesn't want to tell Lorelai. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's kind of like keeping it to herself that she's applied at all, regardless of who's around. And she, you know, it comes to light at dinner in front of her mother and grandparents. And they start um, listing off other Ivy Leagues. Like basically one of Richard's friends is like, well, if you're applying to Harvard, then I assume you're applying applying to Brown and Princeton and Yale. And Wesleyan um, and yeah. Wesleyan and all. Yeah, the schools AP. like that. Yeah, is what she says. Yeah. <laughs> and then Lorelai bears down and goes, okay, exactly which of those schools have you applied to? Were they, apply, it, were they like that or were they that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it's like very much like, okay, mom, I am trying to not start a fight at Thanksgiving dinner, but apparently you would like to start a fight at Thanksgiving dinner. So yeah, I applied to Yale. <laughs> like, I applied I to did. Princeton and Yale. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're backup schools, right? Like yeah. And then she says, you know, she gets mad and thinks that they influenced her into doing it. No, and and and, and Rory has to stand up and say, "No, it's partially because as she as she says it's because Yale is a world-class Ivy League school. It's because I have already an in with that school to get into it, and it's because I could live at home." <laughs> and Laura right. goes, that was that was your thing, mom. <laughs> and she's like, I haven't talked to Rory about this at all. Like, <laughs> what? Are, like, like, this isn't some big conspiracy against you. Like, this is yeah. the first we're hearing of it. Obviously, we're delighted, but not like oh. because we're getting something over you. And so Lorelei, after that. After that dinner, I think they were like walking along talking about it as they were back in Stars Hollow. And of course, Dave kissed Lane. We saw that happen. They have, they were back in Stars Hollow visiting Suki's. They were kind of like doing the rerounds of everywhere, right? Yeah. And Lorelai basically processes it down and says like, hey, the logical part of me is like, yeah, that makes total sense. Of course, she applied it because she's Rory and she's prepared. And of course, she would want to be prepared and have these backup schools um but there's also the part of me that's like not okay with it and i'm trying to reconcile that person <laughs> right um and then um the end of the episode is the best because it rolls by the gazebo and kirk is sleeping in the town gazebo because he has he can't sleep in the house with cat like his whole bed in there <laughs> Like he's he's taken the time to move himself in there. <laughs> so the next one's called That'll Do Pig. Um, and like, so the reference here, the reason the episode's called that, um, and uh, is, uh, do you remember the movie Babe? Yeah. Okay. So anybody who hasn't seen the movie Babe, That'll Do Pig is a, um, a reference line to that movie when they get, a good training thing out of the pig. Um, <laughs> like they've trained them to do the right thing. Right. Right. Uh, or at least the thing that should be done, you know? Mm -hmm. So in this one, this, this episode is sort of like almost all the way through really about Lorelai training her mother to be <laughs> able to handle her mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. So right. it's Richard's birthday. They are at the house. Rory and Lorelai both got him gifts and Richard like there's a gag in the front of it where basically Lorelai um 
has Rory buy her gift for her because Rory just actually really called bad Richard. at choosing gifts for Richard. She like but, shows the ex- things she tried and it's a like sorter. <laughs> a, a weight scale. Yeah. Like things that nobody would ever want as a birthday gift from their daughter. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's a scale. Here's a coin sorter or a t- could or a you tie. imagine if I got you a coin sorter for your birthday? Yeah. Okay. I can imagine me looking at it and going, huh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Because I used to get crap like that from my brother, you know, yeah. like, you know, the one time I got a, um, what was it? A, 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 a pocket fisherman, like the little small fishing rod and a, that you put in your glove compartment or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I haven't fished for 15 years. Like. I remember yeah. one Christmas, uh, grandma gave you a, um, like a toolbox. Yeah. Well, she gave me an extension. Your my 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 ex-mother-in-law, you my your grandmother gave me uh an extension cord in my Christmas gifts for like five straight years. Yeah. Yeah. And then the yeah. sixth year it was and and, and, and a set of sockets. Toolbox. I got a, a set, set of sockets. sockets. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> like like you were going around fixing shit and just kept running out of tools. Like <laughs> I was like, well, I've got four sets of sockets from previous years and a lot of extension cords. So, I mean, yeah. I guess you can never have enough of them, but. Um, I feel like with the socket set, maybe one is fine. I feel like it was like not knowing what to get me and these things were, you know, easily available. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so uh, like I had a lot of experience with this thing here with the with the gifts. Mm-hmm. Um I also like that um, there, there, like there's some other stuff in here that kind of mixes in to this one because it's side stories are like Lorelai is told Lane they can practice the band can practice in her garage. Yeah. And, and so they're cleaning out the garage for it. Yeah, yeah. They've got they got to clean out the garage, which was pretty funny. Right. Um, <laughs> because they opened up the garage and it was absolutely packed. We haven't opened this thing in four years or something. They said. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love that right at the front is like a box of things that Lorelai said that she was going to donate four years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I called the guy and then I left a note and said it was in the garage and he never got it. And Rory was like, they're not allowed to just go into somebody's garage and grab shit. (laughs) Uh, You know, actually I think they didn't clean it out until later. Like it was like a couple episodes later, but in this one they start talking about it. Um, but yes, I, I like the Hugga World. That was my favorite. Oh, Hugga World! And then there was something like growing in the Hugga World. <laughs> yeah, there was a creature in the Hugga World. That was the yeah. thing. Uh, oh, I hugged it. I've got a shower. You know, so that was mm-hmm. funny. Um, but uh, Paris has canceled the extra student council meeting. This causes a like a, a, a trickle effect, right? Because. She wants to go spend time with Jamie, so she's canceled the extra student council meeting. Francie decides they're holding it anyway so that she can overrule Paris and have the prom where she wants. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and so uh, since it's all sneaky and Rory is dragged into it, uh, Rory goes get, declares war on Francie. And, yeah. um and then won't let her have the blood drive table where she wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, um, and then they have a Watergate reference, which was fun. I love that. Yeah. Like the, they're, they're, they're meeting in the, in the parking garage. Like it's the, all the president's men. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a cool thing. Um, there was a whole uh, little piece here where they're going to go to the winter carnival. 
mm-hmm. uh, like Lorelai and uh, Rory. Jess doesn't want to go to the winter carnival. Dean stops by and drops off Rory's stuff. Like, and so that was kind of yeah. a weird moment, right? And then, and then they, they end up they getting get pie. Pie. And it, it's basically that conversation where it's like, hey, I don't want to hate you. I don't want to hate you. Okay, cool. Can we be friends? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> right. But that wasn't um, supposed to actually, you, when you have those conversations, it's not meant to be like, and now we're going to make a hangout session like tomorrow, right? Like, obviously, that's not what that was. But right. they run into each other at the Winter Carnival. And Dean's little sister, who hasn't seen her in a while, is like, hey, you should come with us. Well, they were on the way to the Winter Carnival and they ran into Jess and Rory. And Jess yeah. wasn't going to go and he was kissing her goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then Clara ran up. <laughs> And yeah. then Jess suddenly decided he wanted to go. Right. Yeah. And then uh, then he pulls Rory aside in the middle of the winter carnival and goes like, so just to be clear, you weren't planning on just going to the winter carnival with Dean, right? <laughs> like, that's not what that is. Because uh, it yeah. kind of feels like you were. And she's like, no, dude, we just, we just olive branched this. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I, the favorite part for me was Clara. She was all yeah. over Jess. Like she, she was just ripping into him. Like, oh, you can't even throw. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love Clara because I'm like, she's being really mean to Jess, but in like an innocent kind of kid way. I'm like, Clara 100% understands what's going on and is making it worse because she can get away with it. Right. Like <laughs> Jess is so irritated with her. He can't handle it because he knows he can't fight back to her right she's a little girl (laughs) yeah she's like he's like i can't fight dean's kid sister but (laughs) but i want to yeah (laughs) right she's like a little pesky dean (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh the birthday party um they're handing out the gifts and um then, uh, of course, uh, Lorelai the first shows up, which is, you know, grand and uh, like unexpectedly without announcing herself. And so there's so many funny things there. Right. Because mm-hmm. she uh, she's rented out. She says, well, you know, I came to close up my house. Uh, the, the, the renters moved out. Wow. Oh, you had corn. renters. <laughs> Corn, the band Corn was renting her house. <laughs> I know. And she says, Oh, they were lovely tenants. They planted these beautiful tulips in the front. Corn <laughs> <laughs> was renting her house. Wow. Yeah. She's like, Yeah, they were a lovely, lovely group of boys. They were they were called corn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> and then she says she's going to visit Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. And uh, go to dinner at the inn. She wants to see the inn. Well, then she announces uh, the day of that she wants to stop by and see Lorelai's house. <laughs> so Emily decides she's going to come earlier in the day and fix up the house. <laughs> to like avoid the like confrontation of if the house is not to her standards right. and I, I love what happens with that conversation is that emily has to run or lorelei has to run home and intercept her mother before like she re like messes up her house thing yeah and, and she comes and says you know th- this is where she like teaches her right she mm-hmm. teaches her that how she how do you how could i possibly endure that woman and she's like i wonder how like she just starts laughing because it's like it's the same as her relationship with Emily, right? And and she has to sit down and say, like, listen, mom, you know how I get through hanging out with you? 
even though I find some of the thing like you're like, oh, I think she, the thing you she find says everything is like, I have isn't up to your standards. <laughs> yeah. Even though you've come into my house and you've talked about like how horrible the couch I have is, even though it took me like six months to save up and buy this couch and bring it to this home. And I brought it here because I liked it. You don't think that that hurts my feelings? How do you think that I stand and stand with that? And her mom goes like, oh, well, how do you do that? And Lorelai's <laughs> goes... I have found a way to delight in your distaste for me. (laughs) (laughs) It actually makes me laugh because. (laughs) Because because every time you say that, I have tricked myself into thinking it's funny. And And I even do things on purpose to make myself laugh about it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I purposely annoy you. Like the Betty Boop? Yeah. (laughs) thinking about that ridiculous betty boot <laughs> yeah so am i <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh they go to they go to dinner the, the grand shows up at the house this is my favorite i love this i was laughing the whole time right mm-hmm. grand walks in with her like consternating face and she's looking at the place, and she, it's so bad to her that she can't even speak. <laughs> she's doing a hot route, right? And they're all following her. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's not saying anything. She's it's marching through. And she's, like, oh. she's like, I'm not sitting on anything in here. Like, yeah, <laughs> she finds it disgusting. She's not even, like, going to deign to sit down in there, right? Yeah. And, uh, okay, let's go to the inn. <laughs> right she's she and she is being like the worst at the end too like suki comes out and introduces herself well, no before suki michelle right michelle, michelle comes oh. out <laughs> because she he's being as polite as physically possible for a person who doesn't like being polite right because um, he, he's treating her like he treats emily Yes. Only, only she's even worse. <laughs> and he, she hands him a timetable for all of the courses of the meal. Fifteen no. minutes is what works best for my digestion. No, it's 12, 12, 12. minutes. <laughs> it was twelve minutes for my digestive cycle. Not something even like fifteen, twelve. No. Every 12 minutes. <laughs> right. I was thinking about that and I was like, 12 minutes is a very speedy course. Okay. <laughs> it's not a reasonable amount of time. Like I would say 20 minutes seems reasonable to me. Right. Like maybe I could do like a dessert or a salad faster, but yeah. like the entree in 12 minutes. I wouldn't even do it by time. It. You just watch the people over there done, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so Suki comes out and she says, the food's great, but keep it moving and <laughs> <laughs> keep on the schedule. And of course, Suki has ripped the back of her shirt. And that was a whole funny moment. As yeah, they... because she's like, my dear, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Suki starts describing it in a series of like grunts and motions. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is just one of the best physical comedians in the world. <laughs> and so she goes on a full thing right there. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, it's like, basically what happens is like, grand, uh, the grandma is just being insufferable. And Emily taps in and she just, she goes, well, oh, no, she's, I'm not she, done she, she knows she announces she's moving back to Hartford. 
Yeah. That's what really sets Emily off. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so then Emily's like, I'm not done with this course. Mm-hmm. And she's chopping her green bean into like sixths. Yeah. <laughs> and and Lorelai whispers, that'll do pig. That'll do. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, yes, like she's trained her now to, to yeah, get it. It's perfect. Right. We did it. We finally did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to do something that I will find hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that I can get away with, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so in the next one, she's being sued. Emily's being yes. sued by the maid that was fired, Goethe. Because for wrongful termination. Gerda had a very heavy step. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the the thing is, I actually love this part because, you know, we've we've had this ongoing thing messing with Emily about her firing people, right? Right. But we finally get she finally like actually explains and gives insight into why she does, which is she pays a lot more than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so since she does, she pays a and lot they more. they have like be- a severance package too, right? right? Like it's not like, oh, we pay you a lot, right? And you either have it or you don't. It's there's a severance package and like a really nice um, benefits attached to it as well that she mentions. Right. Which are and- like all three put together is like, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> These are things that like no one offers in that kind of a job, right? Yeah. And 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 she's like, and I offer all those things because I want first class, which means I want whatever I want. And if they can't give me whatever I want, then I don't want to pay for that. So just like if you, you know, and like she gave some example, but I was like, you know what? That totally makes sense now. Like it, it, she isn't just being petty. She's actually telling them I'm going to be petty. <laughs> yeah, that's front. the whole thing. That's <laughs> like, what my contract says. That's why I'm paying you like this. Right. The reason I'm paying you is because I expect a certain amount of yeah. high quality service. I know I'm a pain in the ass, and I'm going to be a pain in the ass, and I'm going to pay you extra for the fact that I am. And if you can't do it, then you're going to take Don't. the severance package, which will pay for, like she said, you know, six weeks in the Riviera or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, from that perspective, I'm like, okay, now I get it. Like she isn't, she isn't doing this like, you know, willy nilly. She's actually told them. And if they can't handle it, then well, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't take the job. You know what I'm saying? It also, it also <laughs> kind of makes me think that a few of them were trying to get fired. Right. Because mm-hmm. like, Especially there was that girl who just couldn't figure out how to bring the salad out without walnuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, but they were keeping her because she was trying to prove to Richard she could handle keeping somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she was just, she was so bad she wouldn't have lasted like half a day, but yeah. ex- except for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> But the crazy part of this is that Lorelai gets asked to be to do a deposition in the case. Mm-hmm. And I love the thing. She's talking to Michelle about it. And he's like, he had to give a deposition one time because he apparently disappeared a yappy dog. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that was next door. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I don't think he killed it or anything. Like he didn't say he exactly. took it to a shelter. I think he took I it think somewhere he and got it adopted by someone else so that it wasn't near him. Right. Yeah. 
but but like <laughs> that was he had to do a deposition because they said that he had done this and he you know he said oh i did not you know mm-hmm. um and then i love this like thing we drop in on suki and jackson and they're fighting over brussels sprouts mm-hmm. <laughs> and what i love is what at the end of their argument she goes all right love you see you at dinner (laughs) (laughs) right and that's all setting up because the they're gonna go off to this class on opening a new inn right yeah and and the the, like which is hilarious to me because i've been to these kind of things before like if you're an adult and you've been to one i don't know if you've ever seen one of these things before what happens oh i've been in i've been in adult classes where you go in and you don't learn a damn thing and you're like did i pay for this and then they start trying to sell you something you're like i'm gonna leave like (laughs) right that's what it is yeah it's totally that it's one of these you're suckered in for the day of them trying to sell you something right yeah and 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 so they come out and they run into these people that suki used to like a guy that suki used to know at another inn she worked at and yeah it was like a summer job or something in their 20s yeah and so um he thinks that he she she's asking him to drop by the inn mm-hmm. and see it sometime. He thinks it's a date, right? And then he has a friend named Alex that like Lorelai was hitting it off with. That was actually a pretty funny back and forth, right? Yeah, like they start <laughs> making fun of the conversation that the other two are having because yeah, it's they're like they're making up old, old friend friend stuff jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but then um, the guy drops by and Suki realizes that. He thinks it's on a date and she has to, you know, she has to work her way out of it. <laughs> she actually does amazingly well with it. Yeah, she like, does. But she, she, she also lets him feels down. guilty. He's super understanding about it. And then as soon as he leaves, Lorelai is like, well, that seemed to go really well. And Suki just absolutely comes apart. She's like, she thinks she's cheated because. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I'm a whore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she makes dinner for Jackson. She's got CCR playing. She's mm-hmm. like doing all this stuff. And he's like, it's really perfect. Wait a minute. You cheated on me. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined Creedence Clearwater Revival. Turn that off. I don't want to think about it. Uh, think about you cheating on me every time I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, yeah. And then the other dude calls and asks Lorelai out. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, For coffee. I think that, uh, but this one, I think, ends with Emily reading the deposition back. Yeah, to, because to Rory. the definition is bad. So let me let me read this back to you. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what was the reference? It was like, wait a minute, I haven't gotten to the board identity reference yet. <laughs> and Rory goes, you didn't. <laughs> uh, so then the last one that I watched was Lorelei Out of Water. So Mm -hmm. I'll be picking up at episode 13 and going six through that next week. Okay. Um, So basically Lorelai goes on the date. Um, It's like a coffee. But before this, this is where they clean out the garage because I've got it written here. Um, They clean out the garage and, um, and after they get it cleaned out, the band's moving in and Dave is like coming over to lane and purposely ripping into her mm-hmm. <laughs> so that the so rest that of the, the band... band doesn't know they're dating. Yeah. Right. <laughs> which is, which is quickly, quickly kind of undermined by the fact that they're driving into town for band practice and lane's <laughs> mom sees them in the car and Dave has to come up with a very quick lie 
that basically he and this two piece are in a band together that specifically like oh whenever i want to do an ensemble and i love that lane mom lane's mom goes right because with just the guitar it can sound a little flat (laughs) (laughs) and dave's like yep that's absolutely right that's exactly that's exactly it she's got like pointed critiques i love her like everything she talks about she always has a pointed critique but she has has the music too yeah so she had a pointed critique with the music and then um they're pulling away and they show back up to the garage and the other two members of the band like zach is like hey man we have to address something right now he goes dave why didn't you tell us you were christian and dave's like oh uh (laughs) you got me (laughs) i just (laughs) yeah and then, of course, uh, Zach starts hitting on Lorelai. That was funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> so weird, giving context later on. I know, but also, he's, like, super young. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, 17. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, um, <laughs> so, this guy, Alex, takes Lorelai out for coffee and asks her to go mm-hmm. fishing, which she, like inadvertently agrees to because she's trying to be agreeable yeah (laughs) right i think that's what you started to allude to yeah so basically like yeah he asks her out to fish and she's like i don't know how to fish so i'm trying to learn and she's like reading this book and then luke (laughs) catches her reading the book and is like do you just want me to teach you how to fish (laughs) so he comes over and sets up like a kiddie pool in her front yard and they stand there fishing with corks on the end of the hook. I love he throws a couple of trout in there. <laughs> yeah. And and then she she's like he's like it's time to take the corks off and like, you know. Uh, she but she doesn't want anything to happen to the fish. She's naming the damn things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I also love is like she is so she goes on the date and she's wearing the full gear. And Alex looks at Rory and goes your mom's never been fishing before, has she? And Rory's like, nope, not not even once. And she goes, <laughs> he goes, okay, well, I have lunch res- reservations at this, like, resort nearby. Is that good? Yes, she'll love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then she comes home with a trout and she puts it in the bathtub. And well, <laughs> and in between there, we cut away because the whole thing's still roaring with uh, Francie. And Francie has set up Rory um, with pictures of the, you know, clandestine, all the president's men type meeting that they had. Right. Yeah. And, um, and she shows it to Paris and, and then mentions that she knows about Jamie, which Mm -hmm. Paris realizes that she's Francie's fucking with her, but then Mm -hmm. also is mad because Rory told Francie about Jamie. about Jamie that that's the thing that's really made her mad right and well, she tries to impeach Rory <laughs> yeah she tries to she starts this blood feud over it uh, yeah and then they have to see the headmaster yeah and, and um, even that uh, doesn't uh, solve it and the entire time Rory's basically like hey I don't want to be in a fight with you you're just really mad at me and I'm not going to stand for you being really mad at me <laughs> right well, like that's the right. whole thing <laughs> and, and, and the headmaster's going on and he's like it's because she hasn't been diagnosed yet 
Like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, the, the headmaster hasn't really gotten that it's not all, it's not really Rory's fault at all. Like any of it, you know? Well, and, and what uh, the thing is, is like the headmaster is like listing all these childish, like, oh, is it a boy that you're fighting over? What, like, what, what song have you guys been fighting over? Like he lists a bunch of childish things and Paris is like, oh yeah, cause we're, we're girls and we're fighting. So it has to be over a boy or whatever. And she starts calling him a misogynist. And I'm like, buddy, you were upset that she told people you had a boyfriend. Like. It is. It is some childish feud. Like, and it is about a boy, but it's not about them fighting over a boy. It's because yeah. you didn't want to tell people about your boy, which yeah. is just lame. Like, it's a ridiculous thing that you yeah. don't want to tell them about. Yeah, because so, ultimately don't really care. <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, then Taylor has to send a lawyer over to get his lease signed, yeah. and uh, Jess sees that Luke thinks she's hot and wants to, you know, and gives him crap about not ever going out on a date. Um, yeah. And so later he ends up asking her out because, you know, Lorelai admitted to Luke that she was going on a date fishing. So Luke decided, yeah. well, okay, if she can go out, I can go out. It's almost like she's taking a, he's trying to take a book from Jess yeah. <laughs> from the playbook there. It worked for him. Maybe it'll work for her, for Luke. For right. Luke. Yeah. And then uh, the Korean wedding Oh um, yeah, the Korean. Yeah, movie. so Rory and uh, and uh, Lane doing makeup for the for the poor poor Korean girl that doesn't speak any English that's getting married. You know, in as, their like, living room, yeah, betrothed or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how many weddings has this been? Five forty-seven or something. <laughs> since, yeah, it's like two a year since they were like seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least two a year, and then they were like. You know, it's like all of her cousins are are grown up now, so there's probably not anyone left. And then, you know, after the wedding's over, Dave is there playing the music, and uh, Mrs. Kim introduces her to Young Chin, who mm -hmm. is going to take her to the prom. And she tells her, hey, look, I, I wanted to go with Dave. You know, like, you like him, you did this, and it made me like him, you know. And then she says, he's not Korean, and walks out. <laughs> yeah. And, and even Lane walks up to Dave and is like, She said you're not Korean. <laughs> and and like I don't know how to there's no way to trick her out of that. You're not. <laughs> you're not Korean. And I don't really care. Like, but she does. Yeah. Yeah. So well, um, and honestly, I feel like it, it just sucks that like it was happening at the Korean wedding, right? Like I feel like maybe Lane's mom would care like not care if it were different and the like i also there was a moment shortly after this where lane's mom like straight up goes like hey dave you should be careful because lane has a crush on you <laughs> oh well maybe she does that in the next episode because i haven't gotten okay there. yeah that that didn't happen yet but i think i seem to remember that yeah. <laughs> from previous viewings he's like oh, okay i'll watch out for that <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> so you know they were that was fun um the, they, these uh they they just they keep getting better it's kind of an amazing uh -huh. thing you know yeah but now i have to slow down on my watching because you're behind i'm catching um yeah just you know this week we I'm go not, uh, i'm not gonna watch this week 
Uh, do you have, are you that far ahead? Yes. I got 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 to watch this week. You ever watched through 18? Yes. Slow down. I, I'm not watching this week. That's watch what a Christmas movie. Happen. I did last night. Did you watch Spirited? I like, no. no. I watched The Holiday. <laughs> oh, The Holiday. I've watched that too. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, it was a fun week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we should wrap up since we've gotten through and um, we will join back up next week. I love you. I love you too. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.